Welcome to the In The Zone podcast with Mike Ryder and Josh Hughes. This podcast may contain swearing, plus it will be filled with lots of interesting chat. All the views are expressed to our own and are not those of our institutions or employers. You're welcome to share your own views in the comment box on the website. And if you like what you hear, please like, share and subscribe. And you can find out more on our website, innerzonepodcast.com. Or on Spotify, iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts from. You can also like us on Facebook. So, without further ado, here's this week's episode. Hello and welcome to the In The Zone podcast with me, Mike Ryder. And me, Josh Hughes. In today's episode, we're joined again by Dr. Emily Cox Palmer-White. And we're going to talk today a bit about um, working in the home and the distribution of domestic labour within the household. Now, um, Emily's got a background in gender studies, critical theory, science fiction, robots, all this sort of um, stuff. And um, we've, I've just started working with her on, a, on this project, workinginthehome.com, where we're trying to share stories of domestic labour and how people share out the tasks that they do in their households. Is that a good summary, do you think, Emily? Yes, I do, definitely. Um, I think, uh, I think f- for me, there's there's two things I'm hoping we'll, we'll be able to achieve with the project is to Firstly, um, raise awareness, um, mainly that because, I know, unfortunately, most of the time it is women doing um, far more of the labour in the house, in, you know, looking after the house and um, in working in the home um, compared to men. And, and that's an issue. <laughs> but I think that also uh, the other thing I'd like to achieve is to is a, have a discussion, a constructive discussion around this issue that looks into the nuance of, of why that happens because obviously it's not a, it's not a simple situation of you know um uh you know women being kind of forced physically forced into or in all you know, you know always socially forced into a particular role it's not always a story of men doing nothing around the house at all um very often i think and i think this is shown in some of the stories that we've been getting on the on the website so far is that it's more complicated you know we, we're kind of um kind of programmed to think he's sort of uh, I don't know sci-fi lingo for a minute there um <laughs> to sort of fulfill certain roles we're kind of brought up to so you know women traditionally you know they, they get bought the kitchen sets and the baby dolls and everything and then that kind of imprints a certain expectation in them to do to fulfill a certain role and then boys is more kind of outside the home kind of toys like cars and tools and um you know sort of physical go out and punch the world in your superman costume kind of you know kind of um uh influences are going on for, for little boys so it's not surprising that there's this kind of mixed messages going on um and i think you know we are becoming more aware as a society that obviously it's not fair for women to do all the work in in the house and hold hold down a career at the same time of course um and that you know men i think often men do want to be more involved and try to be but it's there's a lot of barriers in the way to kind of getting that equal distribution of labor um and of course on top of that it's it's not you know we don't just want to think only in terms of heterosexual couples and nuclear families you know there's lots of different kind of um how kinds of household and kinds of of family structures um and you know we also need to think about that and the complexity of that and how how traditional gender roles are also affecting um, those kinds of, of families and the way they structure their, their domestic labour. Um, so, 
so yeah so there's a lot of different things to talk about there's a lot of different variables and things and i think it's it would be great if um through this pro research project we can get everyone talking about it openly and and honestly yeah um so i mean it's a fascinating subject i mean we, we've already had some really interesting conversations on there to start with i mean especially around what we think of as work which i think is probably one of the the big ones because when we say working in the home that can involve anything from just mm. sort of caring responsibilities to just sort of doing the washing cleaning um child care things like that um often many people obviously won't think of as actually being a form of work and then obviously we, we then we've had i mean we've had a fair number of different experiences shared on the website and i would encourage people to share their experiences with us um, yeah, our little, uh, <laughs> online form that we, we put up on there um so i mean i mean josh what what what's your perspective on this um on this uh thing i mean obviously you, you're uh, you're uh, cohabiting with someone at the moment how, how do you tend to share your working arrangements um we, i think i well i think we split it pretty equally <laughs> i think the thing is <laughs> Who thinks that equally probably their partner doesn't think that um which is probably the thing but then again i think um i think it's probably quite typical that sometimes you think you do more and then your partner thinks they do more so it's probably about right um but uh, i don't know i suppose for me i suppose i suppose there's two kind of options of it really isn't there is this like i'm going to do this job and you're going to do that job generally or we'll both do both we'll both do everything together um and i suppose for us it's probably it's a mix of, of that you know I, I cook sometimes and she cooks sometimes and mm -hmm. vice versa and whatever um so i suppose I, I suppose in a way it's it's about what works for you and your your family or mm -hmm. your household um in terms of how you're gonna split that. i suppose for some people who are perhaps brought up in those very as you say sort of with gender roles kind of Impose on them from a if impose is the right word, but um, from an early age, maybe some people are actually aren't kind of or are quite happy to have kind of that traditional lifestyle. Uh, or I say traditional you know, in the comments, whereas obviously a lot of people aren't, and that's and I think um, so it's definitely complicated, isn't it? Um, I suppose sort of this project that you're doing with we're kind of getting people to kind of give stories about. Uh, their experience of working from home or, or not working from home but work in the home um it's really interesting i mean so what so so kind of when you get these what are you going to kind of try and do with these stories um well i i mean sorry mike you you should this is just as much your project as mine so well, yeah, uh, just, you jump in <laughs> you <start> but... <laughs> um yeah so we, we've been chatting about this for a while and it was something mm -hmm. that we'd um it comes up quite a lot on twitter especially on academic twitter i mean i hate twitter twitter is a cesspit of <laughs> yes. awful opinions and awful people but there are a few sort of glimmers of light there but we something has come up when because we think that people don't often really realize the things that they do are work or they or they don't think about the way that they do things or why they do things it's, i mean it was quite interesting that you said there josh that um you just do what works but i think what yeah. happens is you just do what works but there's never any point when you stop and question why you're doing what works or the assumptions that make you do more or less than the other person because mm. you just assume that it will work and it will continue to work and this was sort of the underpinning discussion that emily and i had via mm. a series of very long-winded emails um, <laughs> <laughs> um 
some some time back and which led us to start this and so the idea mm. was we, we set up a a website where we, we regularly post stories that are post that are shared by our uh readers um they can fill in a form just to and they, and they can they can give as little or as much as they like to give really and the idea is we're trying to stir up some discussion i think <clears> and hopefully over time if we get enough responses to build a data set that we can then actually use for some academic analysis and actually mm -hmm. Maybe get some publications out of this as well, which would be nice. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, I mean that, that's where it, it started from. And then obviously I said to Emily, "Well, come on our podcast." Talk <laughs> <laughs> about this because it's um, I think it's really it's really interesting. It's yeah. something we don't talk about enough. I don't think. Yeah, Absolutely, I yeah. Um, I think something that's um, really interesting about the responses we're getting um, from people so far is that it's. You know, it's it's a complex issue in the sense that um, sometimes uh, we heard from one person who um, uh, called herself Vanessa. That's always anonymous, of course, um, just to let people know. Um, but the person they called themselves is Vanessa. And Vanessa said that she um, uh, had this experience with her husband whereby for so long she just did pretty much all of the household work and worked herself at the same time, as in worked outside the home as well as inside the home. Um, and uh, that, I think, feeds into your comment, um, Mike, about how we do we just do what works. And I think if you've been brought up a certain way, you know, and you've been you've seen or maybe not even brought up in a specifically gendered way as such, like no one's been sitting down thinking, oh, yes, I must I must prepare my my little girl for the, the life of housework ahead of her. That doesn't really happen, does it? But it does. You get these subliminal messages, don't you, with the toys you're given, with what you see your parents doing. You know, you see your mum doing, running around after kids and, you know, a husband and everything. Then you're going to get a certain message, right? So you fall into a pattern that you don't necessarily question until you realise, oh, this is unsustainable. Um, <laughs> so, um, so I think, you know, so for Vanessa's story was, was, was that she said, right, OK, I've been doing all this work on my own for a long time. And then recently... She didn't say why, I don't think, but she said recently she had decided to bring her husband in more and try and get him doing more of the work. But then, um, you know, even when she'd done that, he still needed a lot of direction and a lot of kind of prodding and kind of, um, it, you know, not that he didn't want to help, not that he didn't feel like it was his, you know, like he didn't think it wasn't his responsibility or anything, but he still needed guidance. And I think that's that's a problem that women fall into that kind of role of not just doing the cooking and the cleaning but what's been described by many as the mental load and this comes back to that that comic um strip by the by the french artist um a few years ago now about which detailed all the different tasks that women often end up doing which aren't necessarily about physical work but are just planning right so you the shopping list and when the babysitter's coming and you know family activities and all of those things and how just how much effort goes into all of that and if you have to do that plus actual physical work as well of like kind of cleaning floors or whatever that's an awful lot to put on one person's shoulders and I think you know women learn how to do that or they fall into doing that role and then once you're in that role it's quite hard to then include somebody else and get them doing half of that labor because you need someone to be just as switched on and just as right the babysitter's coming and we need lunch for the next week and you know we need to and we you know sort out the the um you know breakfast for the baby and all you know all these different things um 
you know that that's a lot and in and in some ways sometimes it might even make sense to have one person in charge of all of of the delegating and one person just running around doing jobs um so yeah it, it is a really you know running a household is really complicated and it involves a level of organization that maybe a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of you know women included and so appreciate. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, absolutely one thing that's come up in my own mm. thinking as i've been reading the comments and reading the mm. stories is just this, this idea of just communication really I think mm. because often when you live with someone there's never a point at the beginning where you actually just sit down and go mm. okay this is what we're doing this is how we do it is there there's never that point and, and then what happens is you sort of just fall into a natural routine and then there's never a point at which you can question that routine because it's just assumed that that's how things work and mm. I think that that, that that is almost a part of how these things perpetuate themselves yeah definitely because I mean, it's very different, I suppose, when you're moving into a house share, perhaps, where that becomes a sort of a, a process that's expected. But mm. when you actually come to live with someone in a relationship, it doesn't matter um, sort of who that might be. But often, because it's the relationship that's the number one focus first, you don't then think, oh, actually, how are we going to divide up all our jobs? Who's going to do this then? Who's Yeah. And it and it sort of becomes a spiral, I guess. I mean... <laughs> I mean, Josh, yeah. you're a good, uh, I'm going to use you as an example again, just draw attention to you. <laughs> Was there ever a point when you you got together with your partner that you said, OK, this is how we're going to do things? Or is it just something that's naturally evolved? Yeah, I think it kind of just evolved naturally, really. I don't I don't I don't recall a conversation um, about how we're going to split <laughs> things. Um, other than perhaps saying, um, yeah, I, I think we probably did. Maybe, yeah, maybe we did sort of say yes, we'll um, we'll split things. But I don't think we ever sort of decided how mm. that would be split. Uh, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's pro generally it's just developed quite naturally. I think. Sure. But, uh, I mean, um... maybe, maybe maybe this is the time for uh, to have a conversation about. It. <laughs> Well, I suppose it's helpful to check in, isn't it? I mean, it's great. Yeah. It sounds like you both have an awareness that you want to do things fairly and you want to, um, yeah, to, to split it equally. I think every, I think, to, and I think this is an important thing. I think probably most couples um, do have that intention. <laughs> do you know what I mean? They have the, they have the best of intentions. And then what can happen is that you you may, I'm not saying you have done this, but I'm just saying that I'm just saying that one, you know, one may end up in some unhelpful <clears throat> patterns. And I, I know I did. And there's a huge gender role reversal between me and my husband because what happened was for so many years, I think a lot of a lot of um, people have certainly kind of do this, is that you you're used to being a university student, kind of living on your own, looking at taking care of yourself, right? And you kind of live that kind of slightly studenty lifestyle where you you wash up your bowl. <laughs> You know what I mean? You go in the kitchen rather than like saying, oh, there's some jobs to do. I'll, I'm here. I'll get I'll I'll do it and be more efficient for the house. You just do your bowl and you put it in. You know, <laughs> you wash what you need to. You cook your own meal and you and it's usually noodles. And then you you, you keep your head down. You move Still on. You focus me. on your tunnel vision. Right. <laughs> so. But what I learned when I when I um, got together with my husband is that what he started doing is he immediately went into running a house mode. <laughs> bless him um and he started you know you know he was always thinking about what we should get for shopping for food shopping what you know about who's going to prepare the next meal um 
what that meal was going to be, who would do the washing up, you know, all of these things he was planning. So he was doing the mental load, if you see what I mean. Um, and I had no idea. And I was just kind of living like students. So he was really doing a more traditional, he was filling a more traditional female role, I suppose. And I was being more like a kind of lazy guy, just kind of, just kind of doing whatever. And one day he had to turn around to me and say, you know, I feel like the woman in the comic. <laughs> you know, I feel like I'm planning everything and you're just doing the minimum. But I had no idea. And I didn't even think about it in those terms um until he he made that point so I think it's just yeah it's bizarrely easy to be unaware isn't it and it might not you know and it, it doesn't necessarily have anything to do with sexism as such it's just a pattern we fall into and it's only when you step back and you question it that you think oh yeah hang on I need to need to rethink this yeah like that I makes said, sense I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah. I guess there's also a question of expectations as well because mm. even if you're you are going to sit down and decide who's doing what when mm. Often it might be the case that when I say I'll do hoovering, my quality of hoovering might be a different quality of hoovering <laughs> to the hoovering Josh might do. Or I might sort of do a light yeah. hoovering one day and a, and a more thorough hoovering another day. But and because maybe I don't do it to someone's expectations, it might be then assumed that it's easier for that other person to do it instead. Right. Without, yeah. without ever actually coming to discuss how it should work or re reaching a compromise. Yeah. Really. But you, you have, it's bizarre, isn't it? And I never thought, I, I always used to laugh, you know, about how my husband would raise these issues. But he'd say to me, I think we need to have a conversation about the hoovering. <laughs> and I'd laugh. I think it was ridiculous. But actually, you do need to have a conversation about, you might have to say, your standard of dusting is just, you know, it's not quite good, you know, could you dust more thoroughly? Or you have to come to these, like, you have to have these bizarre conversations where you you come to a decision about these things, I think, because otherwise you risk kind of always being, kind of have the, these niggling kind of unsatisfying moments where yeah. you feel that's a bit fine. hard done by. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So how uh, do you find that experience of having that conversation and then um, changing the way the house oh. kind of ramp? Oh, it was hilarious. Um, no, well, at first I resisted it like the plague because I was still very much in kind of, you know, I mean, I hate cleaning. Um, I really hate cleaning, but I recognise now um, <laughs> my husband has sort of forced me to grow up a bit <laughs> in this regard that I, I want a nice home. I want a really nice, clean, tidy home. And I'm willing to do the thing, the un, you know, I'm willing to have the conversation about the hoovering and I'm willing to do um you know these various things to to make that happen and I think that is something that actually we kind of again we kind of underestimate as a society is just how important having a nice home environment is and how cleaning is as and cooking and all these things that we generally jobs we don't particularly like doing are really important ones um but we devalue them as a society and we think of them as as unimportant as um as boring as you know and they are they can be boring but they're also the, part the of creating as well when they're professionalized yeah exactly and yeah and so as a result it's something we we brush under the carpet in more than one way we don't discuss it we don't like it we don't want to talk you know to talk about it and you know you know it was funny for me to have those first conversations with my husband about hoovering but they shouldn't be funny they should be just part of life shouldn't they because we shouldn't devalue these things and think they're ridiculous i think it does does say something about us as a society that we do often 
think about you know how to best do the washing up or something how to do something really efficiently and well is um seen as kind of silly and laughable um but you're right it's you know it's a skill it's um and we're you know hopefully professionalizing these um these things as well so they can become i don't know we can see them as more legitimate hopefully <laughs> yeah i mean i suppose that's that's a major thing that's come out of the coronavirus isn't it is that mm. the pandemic is that um you know these things that we viewed as low skilled six months ago or mm. seven or eight months ago whenever it was um yeah. you know are actually essential and and key to um to the functioning of our society yeah, <laughs> yeah I, and I, I would just sorry just to come in on that is that that that's that's important like these these jobs about which we we, we class as low skilled I would say potentially they are low skilled in the sense that you know you, you don't necessarily need to go through six years of school you know to to, to 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 learn how to do them but what we what we mustn't do is think of them as unimportant I think that's the thing we're kind of making a mistake about is that technically some of these jobs, they, they are low skilled, but they're, that doesn't mean they're not hard. It doesn't mean they're not difficult. That doesn't mean they're not essential. Um, so, yeah, I just think that's an, an important distinction to make. Like yeah. hoovering is not difficult. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's not um, a really difficult, intricate thing you have to spend years learning how to do. But it it's boring, right? Oh, I love hoovering. Um, sorry, <laughs> I love hoovering. If you love we were, hoovering. If, if we were to divide our tasks, I'd definitely do the hoovering. Oh, oh really? House. Oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, I take it all back. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the hoovering, but you're right. It looks I, really nice after you're done, doesn't it? Everything looks cleaner. I just yeah. like the exercise part of it as well. As oh, really? Anything. I find it quite therapeutic. Brilliant. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean. My, my nan used to say, actually, she always had this theory that the reason women on average live slightly longer, she reckoned it was down to the exercise you do as part of domestic labour. Um, really I, I don't know if there's any science behind that at all. But I mean, that was just her little theory. Um, but that, that was but that was the funny thing, because she used, she used to sort of see it as a form of exercise. But you're right in terms of skills, but it goes mm. to what we value in society as being mm. what's worthwhile and what's not worthwhile, yeah. I guess. And I suppose maybe it's better to say they're not academically difficult. But they are mm. still difficult, right? Because yeah, difficult, yeah. Um, some things just require some sort of manual dexterity, some sort of physical ability to be able to do them well, like ironing. For example. Like certain endurance. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Whether that's um, mental or emotional or physical. Yeah. But you need to also learn them as a physical skill. Like mm. maybe like when you do sports, mm. if you practice them oh, enough, yeah. you might become better at them. Um, ironing, I think, is the big example because, like, ironing a shirt mm. is difficult. But when you get better at it, you do it quicker and more efficiently and to a better standard. So, oh, God, yeah. Or you just try and avoid it altogether, like me. <laughs> oh, ironing would be on me, really, still, after all, so many years of trying. <laughs> but, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a complicated, it's a very complicated issue. Um, about, But, yeah, as, as you say, it's about how we view it. It's about how we view it and how we who we think of as doing it I think there's a kind of almost cyclical thing that we we go through it's like we devalue domestic work and therefore we devalue the people who do it generally women and then also on the other side of things we have devalue women and therefore they're the people who do who do a certain type of labor that we devalue um and of course then another big element of this is the 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 issue of outsourcing so we so often what will happen um 
sort of the <laughs> the wealthier you become as a family the way more you kind of start outsourcing this labor that you maybe don't have time to do or just don't want to do um so rather than addressing the issue of hey you know we have all this labor building up all this kind of you know cleaning and cooking and stuff that women don't have time to do because they're at work and rather than thinking having okay let's let's sit down have the partners sit down all the people and main people in the household sit down and write okay how do we distribute the labor equally so everybody has time to fill everything they want oh let's just outsource the labor and get a cleaner in and a babysitter and a cook and everything else and let them do all through the work um which you know that might make sense for your family i'm not you know i'm not you know something nothing wrong necessarily with doing that of course but you're not necessarily having that conversation with yourself about what's fair and what's most efficient and kind of you know about it's about awareness isn't it it's about how do i how do i how do i think of these jobs and how am i going to to deal with them um kind of fairly and effectively without just kind of getting you know maybe throwing money at the problem <laughs> kind of thing um which... there are a lot of, i was gonna say sorry there are many issues with class based there yeah, aren't there really because absolutely. ultimately it's the rich people that can afford to employ these people who then have more time <clears throat> to earn more money and so mm. forth so it, it becomes this sort of weird self-perpetuating cycle doesn't it but it also i suppose it stops you thinking about how you actually act yourself around the home yes. i mean I know some people and um, very close friends of mine who I would be, I would be visiting them and a parcel would come through the door and what they do is they'd open it and they'd literally just put the packaging where it fell and oh. I, I, my my mind just blew and I was thinking to myself your life would be so much easier if you just took the step of just putting that packaging in the bin then you won't have to do it as a separate task later on and there, there were just Amazon boxes yeah. everywhere and or they just get yeah. put, put in some weird place I'm thinking just sort it out now. Don't just like I need to remove yeah. all these Amazon parcels from the city so I can sit down because you're making it a bigger task than it needs to be. Yeah. But because you can outsource, <laughs> because you can get a cleaner in, like you don't even have to think about mm. the way that you do things. And that in itself exactly. almost yes. becomes a becomes a problem. It's it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. No, absolutely. Uh, sorry. Yes, you put. <laughs> this is kind of what I was trying to say, but you put it so much better just now. Um, basically, yes, it's it's not enough to just get the cleaner in. You also have to think how because you know the cleaners are going to be there all the time. Um, if they are, I don't know. It depends how wealthy you are, I suppose. But um, it's probably not healthy, is it, for us as people to just be so unexamined you know that we just get somebody else to clean up after us you know we it's not that it's wrong to have someone clean up after you sometimes but maybe you should also consider you know how am i um how can i how can i live best when i don't have the luxury of a cleaner like say when you're in lockdown um <laughs> you know how how are you going to cope then and who's going to end up picking after you picking up after you maybe um when you don't have that cleaner you know are you going to end up being a burden on somebody else who maybe is going to be running around after you um because you haven't learned how to put things in the bin um so that's that's another big consideration as well mm. i mean mm. i just wonder if there's something here about how we live in this 24 7 non-stop go 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 society mm. where we're actually encouraged as consumers not to think about our lives in a sense of you've always got to be mm. going to see the latest film you've always got to be doing this doing the latest thing you've got to go into this you've got to be going into that and it's always sort of go 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 entertainment 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 sort of um mm. and consuming yeah consuming we don't really stop and think about just like the, the general sort of how my house runs how i run my house how or mm. how things are organized because 
we're in a sort of time-starved world and we're, we're, the world we're encouraged to sort of rush, rush, rush 24-7 without ever stopping to think. And I wonder maybe if it, there's, there's an element here to which it's just the sort of the speed at which our society is running these days that has also stopped us from actually maybe reflecting on the way that we live, um, both with our, as, as, as sort of on our own and with others, mm. I wonder. Absolutely. I think, you know, it, I think it's, it's, I mean, it, well, it's partly consuming, obviously, but it, I think it's also um, perhaps more about distractions is that we, I think, I think, I think this is probably a problem that's, that's to an extent always existed. We don't often like to confront things. We like to distract ourselves, right? And keep our heads down and move on rather than deal with the probably difficult, awkward, whatever issue it is that we're faced with. Um, so, but of course now we have so many opportunities to distract ourselves with all kinds of things often things which i think as you're saying like make us feel more stressed in the long run <laughs> like mm. um, distract ourselves with um social media oh more pressure to be do look a certain way um you know to start distracting ourselves with oh, oh i should be working more on my career because oh my goodness i have access to all the emails and everything from work now all the time so yes as you say we're we're encouraged to I don't know I don't know if it's encouraged but there's suddenly the opportunity to distract ourselves all the time and it's about taking that step I think and saying you know I'm not going to let myself <laughs> be distracted and recognize that actually the distraction is in some ways more unpleasant in the long run than just kind of thinking about your life and being more being more considered I guess mm. um, on a day-to-day -day basis <laughs> This, yeah. this really ties back really to the conclusion of our last podcast that we did where the, mm. I think we, we decided, well, actually, if we could all just take some time to think about ourselves and the people around us and mm. the impact of our actions on others. And I think that's almost a conclusion we're reaching here, really, isn't it? If we can all just <laughs> yeah. take a step back, think about our interactions with others, think about the impacts that the things that we do have on other people and, and just just be nice to one another. <laughs> Yeah, I, th I I do agree broadly. I think though, it, part of it is it is it it's it's great to be nice to other people. I think often being nice to other people is really hard. Yeah, it is. As in by being, <laughs> and I don't mean I don't mean being nice as in just being kind or just doing what feels like the nice thing to do in the moment. Because often doing what you think is the nice thing is the nice thing um, won't necessarily be the most helpful. Like you could, you know, there, there's sometimes you have to in order to really care and look after, look up, look out for somebody you care about. You might have to tell them some really devastating truths. <laughs> you know, you might have to be really honest with them and tell them things they don't want to hear. So, um, but things that you think they need to hear. So I think it's it's more complicated than we just have to be nice to each other. We have to we have to be so examined. We have to be, you know, to to avoid falling into unhelpful patterns. We have to examine carefully, like how do we, for example, um, how do we treat? Say you have cleaners and everything, and people, you know, around you, you know, um, kind of supporting you in looking after your house. How, are you, how do we treat these people? How are we going to um, show them the respect they deserve? Because I think the default sometimes is to not respect these people. Um, that's a cultural norm. And to, to think that what they're doing is not a super valuable thing um, that we ought to um, celebrate. And, you know, and, and because, you know, because we're, we're all brought up in, in this society where we have these negative kind of um, constructions that we 
absorb, uh, you know, we need to work hard at resisting those. Because it's not as simple as just, oh, I'm just going to be nicer. <laughs> you know, it's it's so much more complicated because you have to work hard every day to kind of push back the your nat- what might be your natural impulse, if you see what I mean. So, yeah, be nice to everyone, absolutely. But recognise what you're taking on. <laughs> and the, the, the power structures that are behind our yeah. actions and behaviours. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think we're just getting to the close there, Josh. I wonder if yeah. you had any sort of closing remarks at all, Josh, if you're still there. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hi, Josh. <laughs> I, yeah, no, it's really, uh, it's a really interesting topic and project. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think um, it's interesting to kind of see. I mean, what should I say? Kind of, you know, the idea of um, women taking on a lot of more work in the household has been kind of a, a, um, a concept in sort of feminist thought for for a very long time. Um, and it's interesting to see this project kind of come out from that kind of thinking and kind of put it into maybe into a more mainstream sort of idea and collect these mm. um stories from the public at large whereas sort mm. of perhaps previously lots of these um stories had sort of come out of that that train of thinking um and not to say that that's, there's anything wrong with that but it's 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 interesting it, there might be it might be interesting to see if there's a difference as well um mm. so this project mm. could be really yeah, fascinating yeah we need to hear not just from, um, I think that's a really important point, maybe just to kind of um, finish off with is to say that, you know, we don't want to just hear from women um, <laughs> or from, say, a particular kind of woman. We don't want to just hear from women in heterosexual relationships in nuclear families, for example. We want to hear from, you know, everybody's experience of um of um uh, you know of, of of working in the home you know um everyone's story is important and yeah. um and and that's you know we're only ever going to really uh work on this issue and have nuanced discussions about it that are careful and considerate and sensitive to everyone's needs if everyone feels like they can come forward um it's you know it's not just um it's not just about one one particular kind of story it's about everyone's story and how we can use them to to start um to start thinking and building a framework to move forward yeah great and if people want to share their story they can go to www.workinginthehome.com <laughs> uh nicer url there and um, nice and simple to remember <laughs> so that's workinginthehome.com and um, click on the share your story in the top right and um we'll um share it on the website and we'll have some discussion around it um thank you so much emily that was um, really interesting um thanks for spending thank the time to chat to us and then hopefully we can get you back again someday. Yeah, brilliant. Absolutely. Definitely be up for that. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you for listening to the In The Zone podcast with Mike Ryder and Josh Hughes. For more podcasts and interesting chat, visit inthezonepodcast.com.